Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How was your weekend? Good? It was It was very good. It was very good. I'm feeling very patriotic today. I don't know why. Maybe, yeah. well, and we'll go about that in just a minute. So you are Craig Lyson. I am Craig Lyson. With? Vets Growth. Vets if, Growth. Can I say my phone number? Go ahead. Give us your phone number. Okay. it's for, My phone number is 407-754-5779. All right. And people can contact you if they want to know anything at all about your organization. I wish they would call me. They would call. Well, we, we do want people to do that. And I'm Tim Proctor with GRP Studios here in Longwood, Florida. And you can get a hold of me at 407-782-5969. Or I'll give an email address because you don't. But mine is info or tim at grpstudios.com. So. Nicely done. Good weekend? Oh, fantastic weekend. You're, you're working on your website, right? You're doing some yeah, stuff to we, your website. Yeah, we, we almost got it done, and, and uh, now I've got two new signatures out there so we can try to get people promoted more. Every time I send an email out, they're all tagging with me. Cool. That's where we'll, we'll talk about other things as well. But we have a, a great guest in here today. All our guests are great. I know I say that all the time, don't I? Well, are they all great? They're all great. Okay, I just want to make sure because I thought maybe I have to leave. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a guest, man. You're one of the hosts. We can't leave. Then it would just be a single host, and that's that's a whole other <laughs> horror movie kind of thing. Anyways, we have Mr. Phil Spangler in the house today. So the title of today's show, well, the, the initial was, is what's your passion or working your passion, because we're going to talk about that with you. But it's the Star Spangler banner is that today. So we figured, let's have a little bit of... Does that make you feel at home? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, a little bit of stars and stripes for it. Anyways, Mr. Phil Spangler with Primerica is here today in the studio, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, probably not anything that's on our list here, so if you see it on the list, just ignore it. How are you, Mr. Phil? I'm, I'm doing fantastic, and thank you guys for having me on this morning. I've uh, been really looking forward to this. This is going to be fun, and we discovered stuff in our pre-production meeting. We try and sit down and talk about what we're going to do, and then it usually derails from everything that I think we're going to talk about, and we don't get to it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We met through a meetup group at yeah. one point. Some, we, that sounds really, I'm sorry, that sounds really bad. We met through a we're not those group. kind of people, are we? No, no. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no. It, it wasn't what you think about on the weekends with no. what you do with some friends. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we met through some uh, business networkings yep. uh, in the general area. And uh, shoot, I was going to so many of them, I couldn't exactly tell you which one it was. It was, it was pretty much if there was one that was happening in Orlando, nine out of 10 times, I was there. So that's, I, I've been able to meet a lot of great individuals such as yourself. And, um, you know, before that, I was a high school teacher. I joke around saying I got paid to piss off kids every day. Wow. <laughs> so, that's, that's exactly So, perfect. I mean, that's, it, if you kind of get a little curious on what my sense of humor is like, that, yeah, that probably helps give some background on there. Well, all right. So, give us what you do and, and yes. why you do it. So, I am with Primerica Financial Services. 
Okay. Um, buy all the titles. I do have multiple investment licenses. So I have my Series 6, my Series 63, my Series 65, and Series 26. So with all of those, that gives me the distinction of Principal Licensed Investment Advisor Representative. That's a long title. Can you it put is. that on the back of a jersey, like for softball or something? Uh, they need to have really wide shoulders. Okay, all right. So uh, that that's kind of more of the technical term. Um, very easily go through and saying I'm an investment advisor representative. Okay, um, is the easiest way, and most people will recognize that. So, what do you do by day? So, yeah. uh, by day, I'm a stripper by day and a financial advisor <laughs> by night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That, that's Can you a, explain that's, that? That's a <laughs> baby. That's a baby. great. And one of the questions I wanted to ask was: so, how do you differentiate yourself between all of the other bazillion people out there that are financial advisors? And you yes. start with that line. Yes. So, in there, that maybe sounds a little like I'm working on one of the local roads around here. In actuality, I strip away a lot of the misconceptions that come down in the financial services industry. A lot of people think that you need to be doing such things that are not always in your best interest. And so having that education, having that sitting down with that heart of a teacher to tell you exactly what it is of having a step-by-step of, hey, this is the right way to do things. This is not so right the way to do things. That's actually the wrong way. You're going to be losing a lot of money doing it that way. And that's having that kind of a conversation with people is extremely important. So what what grade level did you teach before we... I had high school seniors. I was teaching oh, economics or financial work. literacy. And you didn't wow. just shoot yourself? Because they know everything. By the time they're seniors, they know everything, right? Oh, you you know it. They they can yeah. tell you how exactly life works and everything. And you kind of have to do the the mental slapping around. It's like, hey, that's not how it works. You know, no, that's not how it's going to go. Oh, sure it does. It reminds me, again, I'm, movie quotes and song lyrics are, are basically my life. And that was from the movie Gladiator when... The new emperor comes in and he's presenting himself and the Senate's talking to him and they say, hey, why don't you give us some of your vast experience being, it's just some of the kids with vast experience at 18-year-olds. Give us the vast experience you've had as an 18-year-old on how life actually oh, works. Yeah. It, you know, it comes in, starts walking in a lot of different stuff. And especially within that particular class, it ran tandem within the government class. So a lot of the kids, they were starting to learn about politics and such like that. So they would start bringing in these ideas. And one of the big things that I try to tell them is like, listen, there's different ways of people looking at it, but let's take a look black and white with numbers on a page because that's the best way to make a decision. What did, what did you teach? What subject? Did it, you was, teach? it was economics with financial literacy. Okay. So I ran with it a lot more on the financial literacy side because that was what my background was. And I told the kids from the very beginning, like, listen, you're not going to remember how to draw those crazy graphs of supply and demand and all those other things. I'm like, don't lie to yourself. I'm not going to lie to you, right? But at the end of the day, if you know how to build yourself a budget, you know how to get yourself out of debt, how to avoid getting into debt even at the beginning, or if you start hearing from people that are within the industry and you can say, hey, these are good financial products and these are the ones I need to run away from. If you know how to do that, I was successful in the class. I, it didn't matter what the state of Florida said. To me, that was what was important. Do you think you taught those kids as seniors? We've had other people in here for the podcast, financial people that have both said, I wish they would teach financial literacy starting perhaps even in elementary school, but middle school. Start teaching these kids about just basic principles of interest, interest on loans versus interest on savings and investments. Oh, absolutely. I, I would even bring it all the way down to maybe fifth grade or fourth grade. But one of the issues that I run into, is, and again, it's 
you know, we can get in a whole rabbit hole of, you know, the education system. Yeah, we go down rabbit holes pretty yeah. quickly here, um, so. You know, don't want to run it like the movie <laughs> The Matrix. Um, ah, see, there you go. You're not going to remember it. <laughs> Fall on the white rabbit. Yep. Uh, but one of the things in there is it's hard to educate on something if you're not familiar with or that you don't know. And a lot of the times when we've run into educators, there may have not have been the best when it comes down with their finances or understanding things because they weren't taught either. Right. So it's hard to teach something that you've never learned. And so a lot of the material that I saw that was bringing in was like, hey, here's how to save money so you can go to a concert or go to watch movies at a theater. And oh, here's how to apply to get a credit card. And you know, oh, you need to go get out a bunch of student loans because that's the best thing ever. Uh, not so much. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm part of one of the younger generations where that is something that my generation is going to have to deal with one way or the other is dealing with the student loans. Yep. So what is your passion? My my passion is helping people, is being able to provide that kind of an education, some things that I wish was taught to me. And one of the things that like I'll bring up for myself, I graduated high school right when the uh, housing crisis was happening. I know that makes me rather young, but one of the things that I love my economic teacher. I think he's a fantastic human being. Unfortunately, he gave some bad advice. And one of the advice that was brought to us was say, hey, since the world's on fire now, this is a good time to go to college. Don't matter if you get student loans, because once you go through and you go to college, you'll eventually get that good job. You make tons and tons of money and you can pay off those student loans. Is that the military you're going into? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> does, that, does that sound familiar? Because we yeah. talked to Jared Council and we talked to, to Joel yeah. Ferguson. Same thing. You're promised this great salary because you've gone to school. Yeah. And, you know, he's a fantastic individual. Love him to death. And he's not the only teacher that provide that. And even when I was talking to the students and I said, hey, does this story sound familiar where you're pretty much on the graduation stage? It's like a football tunnel of people lining up to pass you a job. And I told them uh, that I have a bachelor's degree. I've had a couple of jobs that asked, do you have a degree? And that's the end of the conversation. I've never had anyone that called me up to say, hey, oh, hey, by the way, since we've seen you have a bachelor's degree, will you come work for us? I've never had that. But I've had people that called me because I went out and got industry certifications within finance. They're like, hey, can you come work with us? Can you go do this? Can you come? And all that. I get those bombarded all the time. I'm not saying that to brag, but for even all of our listeners, even if you're not in the financial industry, but you're looking at doing something else, having that kind of a certifications makes you more marketable wherever avenue in life you want to go. I have to agree with that. When I, when I came out of the military, totally different career that I was working for 20 years and then trying to get into what I wanted to do was totally obliterated because I didn't have those certifications. So I had to start right rock bottom at age 40 and then have to figure out like, okay, now you, know, you, gotta have, you have to have a great mentor. And, and you being who you are, you are a great mentor because you tell me all the time that you still have high school people call you. No, absolutely. And that to me, that's a big joy of mine where I'm able to go through and help out. Don't get me wrong. I like to help out clients that have tons and tons of money, but it's very rewarding when I have someone who is 19, 20, very young, and life says, hey, I've seen how my family have operated, and I don't want to be in that same situation. What can I do now so then 20, 30 years down the road, I'm in a better position than I am where my family is? I want to change that legacy that my my family has been doing for generations. Debbie Rodriguez was in here last couple of weeks ago. She has a nonprofit called I Built Central Florida because the trades are taking a huge hit. All these kids going to school, mm -hmm. they want to be this whatever it is they want to be. 
And so the trades are taking a hit, electrical, HVAC, and some of the normal trades that have been so great for so long are taking a hit. So let's flip this into going from personal into somebody coming out of college and decides, I don't want to go just find one of those jobs that people are lining up to give me out of the tunnel when I graduate for, you know, $75,000. I need to go do my own thing. How do you then flip this financial advice into a business personality? Yeah. One, of the, one of the big things that I, I always tell people, no matter what it is that you go through, and this is something that I had to learn as well. And when I sit down with clients, we talk about having an emergency fund and the importance of it. A lot of times you want to have between a three to six month money set aside for expenses or your income. Ideally, you want to get up to nine to 12 months. But if someone says, hey, I'm looking at becoming an entrepreneur, I want to go through and do my own thing. That changes the game. You're no longer at the nine to 12 months. You need to have at least 18 months of income set aside. And people are like, oh, that's a lot of money. Well, it is because there's a lot of learning curves and there may be months that are going to be very lean and mean to you that you want to have that cushion because if you're not mentally be able to focus on that and you're just focusing on the part of, oh, I need to close something in order to feed myself, you're not going to be able to perform optimally. And we've talked about this before with other people that have been in here. We had some of the S SBDC, the Small Business Development Center. Who, was it Phil? Who was in here for... Uh... Well, it could have been Phil because he represents the bank. Yeah, Phil Zeman was in here talking Dave, about that Dave, as well. Dave from SCORE. Yep, from SCORE. You really, people don't realize that I want to start a business and they don't take and do, again, you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. We've said that over and over and over again. And just and to you, clarify, Tim did make that line. Yes. He's got rights. No, it's, it's trademarked it's, on everything. It, yeah, <laughs> it's whatever. Somebody a lot smarter than I did brought that out. But you really don't know what it's going to take. And I bought an existing business that was fairly well established and it's still, I needed more when I started. And I'm just learning that now, but it's still something you, that you have to learn. We're going to come back on the second segment here. we got just a little bit of time left. Tell people how to get a hold of you because we kind of skipped that in the front end of this. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, one of the best ways is to reach me by my email, which is pspangler at primerica.com. For those who are a little bit more on the local side, my cell phone number is 863-307-0917. All right, and we got our information. So, you know, our typical is closing and out with India Quinn, the, the mighty Quinn, as we love her to call her. She does our intro. But I think today it's only appropriate that we should close out. Stand Absolutely. up and do the attention. <laughs> this is the Stars and Stripes. So, But uh, we'll be right back after this break. I'm Phil Spangler with Primerica Financial Services. I've been providing these services for more than five years under the guiding principle of buy, term, and invest the difference. Primerica provides a complete financial needs analysis that is confidential, customizable, and complementary. We look at where you are, where you want to be, and help create a roadmap for success in meeting your goals. Our mission is to help families and individuals become properly protected, debt-free, and financially independent. You can contact me at pspangler at primerica.com or by phone at 863-307-0917. All right, we are back with the second half of the Star Spangler Banner event today. I tell you, just making me feel patriotic having Mr. Phil in here. I Make think we should go jump in the boat and cross, go across the water see America. Yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah, anyways. 
Anyways, I'm sorry we got diverted there for just a minute. Again, we're, we're here with uh, Phil Spangler, Primerica. We're going to talk about a couple of things. But before we go any farther, Phil, give us your information one more time. Yep, one more time. My email address is pspangler at primerica.com. And for those who are a little bit more local, my personal cell phone number is 863-307-0917. Craig likes people. You like people to call you instead of emailing. Yeah, I'd rather call me because it's more personal. I can get a little bit more information. But my phone number is 407-754-5779. Tim, what's yours? 407. I'm going to say 407-862-6882 this time. I'm going to give two phone numbers to totally confuse people. Wanda was in here, Embroidery Plus Promotions, great individual. She says, call me. I want to talk to people. I want to hear you. You send her an email, you might not ever get a response. You send her a text, you'll get a response right away. So. But I want to cover some facts and figures. Now, Mr. Craig was supposed to do something today and have information, epic failure on him. We evidently, and I'm, I'm tremendously humbled and honored, really, that we have 500 downloads. We passed 500 downloads. That's really in tribute to Debbie Rodriguez with I Build Central Florida, with 100%. QLM. That's really, I think she's got, she's closing in on 100 herself. She, got, the, she got 71, I think, right now. By the end of the week, yeah, by the end of the week. But 500 downloads, which I'm pretty excited about. I thought we might have 10 by then, you know, with, with our 20, with our 22nd episode that we're, we're doing here. But we got a, a request from the Ohio State University. Now, I have to say, that's tremendously difficult for me to say. The Ohio State University, and I hope nobody there is offended at this, but I'm from Michigan originally, so I'm a Sparty. I'm a Michigan State guy. At least I'm not a Michigan guy, which that probably wouldn't go very well. But The Ohio State University is evidently using the podcast in one of their classes. In one of their it's classes. an entrepreneur class. Entrepreneur class. So that is so cool. Even and if it how is many downloads have we the, gotten? Oh, man. From Ohio, just all of a sudden erupted. There were like a dozen downloads. Uh, 47. From, from Ohio itself? Yeah. Wow. I did not. I was not aware of that. I well, there was make, my homework. Uh-huh. I will. <laughs> we still need a name of this class and the and the individual. I'm trying to get it. Professor. People do work. We don't. I know we don't. We don't work very hard. But it's pretty cool that hopefully we're providing some information to them. If you want to be an entrepreneur, there's some things you have to think about. So then we can kind of segue that kind of a natural segue into you. An entrepreneur comes to you and says, "Hey, I have this amount. I want to start a business. What would you advise that person to do?" first? At that point, I would say, you know, talking with many people, especially those who've been, they have taken the jump, they've making the plunge as an entrepreneur. Those are the best people to go through and start talking because they've walked the walk, they've gone through and crossed the field with all the minds and can tell you, hey, make sure you step here or hey, absolutely avoid that by all costs. That is one of the big things that I would go through and say, hey, make sure you're doing this. Find people who are already in your industry that you can maybe pivot with that you can go through and just say, hey, this is something I'm really considering. What are some things that you have gone through and, and others? And you want to make sure that they're not going to be someone who's your direct competition because you don't really want to help out your direct competition, let's be honest. But if they're saying, hey, we can partner up together, we can see where we can collaborate, that would be one of the best things. I think a lot of times, and we've gone through this with other people that's on, on our podcast, people will talk to you that are in your industry that you're trying to sort out. They will, they will give you some really good advice. Listen to them, take notes, go home, start doing your homework. Mm -hmm. We said before, and we've had other people in here, there's not necessarily 
It's not that you're helping a competitor because there really isn't, and Craig says it all the time, there's not competitors because somebody cannot do everything. That's you correct. cannot do everything in your industry. You may think you can, and some people I know say, hey, I can do, I can do anything in this industry. Maybe you can, but you can always partner with somebody that maybe has just a slightly different niche. If somebody came to you and said, hey, I want to do this for my business, and that's not your specialty, what would you do? At that point, you start finding people who are within there and finding where that little bit of the different niche is. One of the big things as well is doing networking, finding out, you know, meeting as many people as possible. Uh, what, what was the phrase? It's a wisdom that comes through many company. Yes. So yeah. you, you get a bunch, you get a bunch of information from other people that have been in the industry. And we're going to, I want to talk a little bit about going to all of these networking and meetup groups because we've had some different opinions on that, on how to do that. Uh, Bob Cheatham. Bob Cheatham, very good. And talked about billable time. Billable versus non-billable. Mm-hmm. Non-billable hours. And a lot of, unfortunately, networking is non-billable hours. You might connect with somebody, but then how much time? Because in our pre-production meeting, you talked about how many events you were going to oh, last year. Ridiculous amount. I, I would say probably at least uh, when I was going through doing a lot, anywhere between five to 10 a week. Now, are you consistent going back to those five and 10? Or are you just like, sorting them out to see what's your best fit and which one. I would go through and there were some that I would keep as consistent because there would be a good number of people that were coming in and out. And there were some of them that I would go maybe once or twice, seeing that there really wasn't a whole lot that was going on there. And then I would pivot and move somewhere else. But at the same time, it's very easy. You could go from uh, networking to not working you know, where it sucks up a lot of your time. But the the goal is who can I find as a connection? Who's something that we can go through, we can work together, collaborate, and finding other people that have more experience than you do. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with that. I mean, even though there are so many of the same at these same networking events, people will under they'll click to one person because they feel that's the right fit. You just gotta be prepared to listen to what other people are saying in your same industry to see what they're saying to get these people where you're not. Mm-hmm. Or step out of your realm and do something totally different. Like I just started doing that. And people were like, well, how are you doing that? I'm like, no one else is doing it. I'm going to be the first. Doing, doing something different. How do you set yourself apart from all of those other financial advisors? When you go to a meeting, mm-hmm. and I love a, a line, an opening line that makes people, I say this all the time, I'm not in the, in the market for a home. I'm not looking to sell. I'm not looking to buy. But if I do, I'm going to call John Swanson. You've probably met up with yeah. it was John Swanson. The first time I met him, he says, I'm a real estate detective. Well, that's different than, hi, I'm Bob. I work for such and such realty company, and I do this, and I'm great, and I'm fantastic. And he says, I'm a real estate detective. It's just something slightly different. So do yeah. you stand up when you say, I'm a stripper? Yeah. Uh, I, I do that on the occasion whenever I, I see that it's appropriate. Sometimes uh, I've done it a couple times where the audience wasn't very prepared for it. But again, I try to go through saying a few different things to stand out because a lot of times in networking, there is a lot of people that do show up where they are within insurance or they're within finances. It's the same spiel over and over. Yes, we can more or less, we all do the same thing, but it's finding someone who you know, you like, and you trust, and that they are going to provide you with the education so you understand. Because if someone just walks in and say, hey, here it is, signed here, and then we're done, and you had no clue what you signed for you're really, you're doing yourself. A oh, do you work service. for HOA? Oh, okay. I yeah, thought no, we are talking HOA. HOA. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It, it's, uh, they, they don't understand when you're first coming into the market of trying to do what you're trying to become, 
they don't realize it's not like sign go. You have to build. You have to get that trust going. There's so many steps, variables that you have to. It's just building a relationship. It's like, hey, you know your next door neighbor? There you go. How long did it take to get that trust going? And, and knowing that, hey, you can come over and build my rank. Don't live next to Tim. You don't have a yard. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, he lives in a compound. He picks on me all the time about stuff, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got gun turrets on the top of his Maybe. house. Ten four. He does. He does. Uh, Roger that is, uh, yeah, Mr. Roto Rooter. Ro- yeah, Roto. Well, William Roto Rooter was in here. He's fantastic. He says, Roger that. He's a pilot. I'm sorry. Yeah. A naval aviator for those that have corrected me a hundred times navy doesn't have pilots we have aviators okay whatever anyways we digress we digress see we rabbit hole a lot here the matrix was on this weekend did you see it It oh i did it was looping played like you guys need to get outside more there's a sun out there (laughs) nice weather this weekend there wasn't no we had three and a half inches of rain and about Oh, I was well aware of it. Um, I, I see you got your Harley Davidson mug. I got yeah. absolutely drenched on my bike. It was unreal. Oh, yeah, Tim's might... got a beautiful. What's the name of the Harley you got, Tim? What's I that? don't have. A oh, okay. Harley. I'm sorry, but he's got a nice mug. <laughs> I have two motorcycles, and we're gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a little teaser in there. We might be visiting a Harley dealership and doing a remote shot location thing. We're, we're gonna take his Ford van. We're not taking the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. I. My both my wife and I ride. We ride Yamaha Roadstars because I okay. can get two Yamaha Roadstars for the price of one Fat Boy or yeah. something like that. So our stay in in our shed area, whatever it is, if You're it's stable. if it's looking to be, if it looks like it's even going to threat of rain, my wife won't ride. I've ridden in horrible weather and I don't mind it, but now nah, if it's going to be raining, th- no, this weekend I think I opened the door to the shed. Yeah, maybe that was about it. Oh, it Just was a, one of those where I'm like. It was already, you know, past five o'clock. I'm like, well, it hasn't rained yet, so maybe the day's clear. And for me, was, I'm like, I just want to go. Yeah, that was, oh. or no, Friday, Friday. Friday, Friday night, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the worst. But digress, not talking about finances and motorcycles. I go in the rabbit hole in that either. Uh, <laughs> well, we can we can talk about motor. You know, we've talked about finances before, so I'd rather yeah. talk about motorcycles, but no, we, we won't do that. So for, for those of you are wondering, a motorcycle is not a good financial decision, but it's a lot of fun. Kind of have not, fun. It's, it's <laughs> kind of have a good that. financial. Why is it not a, um, besides the Where's horrible, the return value? Uh, well, depot, well bes- horrible, besides your mental health, it helps there. It is not good for your bank account. Well, it, again, depending yeah. on what you find, I found a sweet deal on both of ours. And I do have to say, I don't think I've ever seen a, a motorcycle outside of a psychiatrist. Oh, no. Office. You won't see that. <laughs> no way. It's great. Uh, you know, we talk about it as being great wind therapy. You got to get out, clear your mind, and. Just don't take the speed limit side and try to do multiplications with it. I'll so just say what's, no. a good, what's a really good investment to do? What would you recommend for a person to invest? Very first question I ask when someone's, um, and I even have this came up with a younger individual. They're like, hey, I got some money. I want to go through and start investing. I don't want to end up like my family. And I'm like, okay, start talking a little bit about budget-wise. They said that. And I'm like, fantastic. What's your emergency fund look like? It's my first question. He's like, what's that? For me, that's the most important thing. Because you can put money in towards an investment, and then let's say your transmission, your car goes out. What are you going to do then? And then at that point, you're pulling your money out of the investments. You could have had some fees and stuff that came on on the front end that now you're having to deal with. You let's say you put in let's say 500 bucks, and now you're pulling out let's say 350 because you had a downturn plus you paid fees. No one's going to be happy with that. So having that emergency fund first, or at least in the process of building that. That's the most important question that I how much How much is an emergency fund? What would you recommend? I would go through saying that you want to get to where you're that three to six month range of what you make as an income. 
ideally you want to get to about nine to 12. I'm a big, huge believer in emergency fund. In fact, my son is finally, we're finally, because he does listen to the podcast sometimes. So it's, I'm really, really proud Go of ahead. him. And Go ahead. Go ahead, dad. Tell, <laughs> tell about your son. <laughs> no, I really am. I really am proud of him and where he has gone and his financial ability. I didn't think he was ever paying attention. Evidently he was to some of the stuff, mom. but he, this, both him and he has, he has listened to his mom. <laughs> both him and his wife are, are working on developing a, an emergency fund, 10,000 for her and probably five to eight to 10 for him. Mm. And I'm just really proud that he's thought that way as opposed to saving, right? build that emergency fund. So, well, what's that for? That's for anything that you don't have in your normal savings. Something happens. We need to replace our AC unit. Oh, the AC unit was $4,500. Okay, that's my emergency fund. That pays for that. And then you're constantly building it up. But then the question comes, well, I'm never going to save any money if I'm constantly replenishing my emergency fund. Yeah. What? How do you answer that? So that point you go through and you're having a plan and you're budgeting through. Typically, I would say, hey, put 10% towards an emergency fund of your income. Another 10% that's going towards your retirement. Then you also have another between 25% have that towards your living expenses. And 45, what I say is your day-to-day. That's the money that you're paying your insurance, you're paying your car note, that's you're putting food on the table, your cell phone, all, all the myriad of different things. And, and by that point, you have another 10% left where I could say it's your fun money. You got to go out and have fun. You got to enjoy life while you're able to. That's you buy a motorcycle. Absolutely. Now, you don't, have, <laughs> you don't have 90% of your income as your fun money, but you have a little bit there so that it's kind of like your cheat day when you're, you're trying to lose weight. You got to have some little reward for yourself. Otherwise, if you do 100% towards very strict budget, it ain't going to last. Yeah, it's not going to last. Well, we're getting, we're probably going to be over time on this one, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. What's the tip of the day? Tip of the day today is you can't help someone else get to the top of the mountain without getting a little bit closer yourself. And that actually comes from, I don't know if he originated or not, but uh, General Schwarzkopf was part of. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that I really have a passion for a couple of things. One of them is Camp Boggy Creek up in Eustis, Florida. And General Schwarzkopf and Paul Newman, Bruce Rossmeyer, put this together, put this camp together. They, they founded this camp. And that was his big thing. You can't help somebody else rise, mm-hmm. get closer to the mountain without doing it yourself. And it sounds like you really want to see people grow. You want to see people advance. Absolutely. And you grow as your as well yourself while you're doing that. Absolutely. Uh, one other thing I want to add in, especially for those of you who are listening, you're like, hey, I want to go through and start trying to find someone that's either local or someone that I know that's in the financial industry to help. Now, I have a bias I'd like to use myself. But at the same time, for those of you who are not local, there's a website called FINRA Broker Check. And that's where you could run a background check on an individual like myself. They'll show them what licenses they have what states they're appointed in, and also if they have any disclosures. Disclosures are anything that they've you know, had any kind of criminal activity or they get bad advice where the client's lost a lot of money, they personally filed bankruptcy. That's something you want to know hand beforehand, and you're able to do the research and help vets and make sure that maybe this person talks really smooth, but I want to make sure that they, are, they take the walk the walk that they say. I don't know if you want to have someone to come in your house and talk with your finance if you see they got a couple of domestic violence things on them. 
I don't know. You yeah, know, if you probably, say no, and then they're closing on there. But Tim, Tim's got some backup. Yeah, it's in the yeah. safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Smith and Wesson. I bring both of those with me. Yeah. Good cousins to have. Yeah. 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 But that's that's one thing, especially if you're really kind of contemplating, like, okay, who do I want to go through and I want to look? That's where you can do. You could personally do as a homework. It's something that's provided and it's free and it's a public website. It was. It's Finra. Now tell Finra. people what Finra stands for. So Finra is the acronym for the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. Yep. And they can tell you who's a schmo and who's not a schmo. Yeah. Uh, with there, you can look up someone. If if someone says, "Hey, you know, I do," and let's say for example, they say, "I do investments," and this is one of the things I learned a lot with networking. I would come across let's say some of these jokers that say they could do everything under the sun and then some. Come to find out, they only had an insurance license. They had no investment license and they were giving themselves titles that they didn't have. And that's one way you can go through and vet there. That, and that's a great tool and a great tip. I mean, that should have been a tip of the day today. If you want to find a reputable financial advisor, it's FINRA. Broker. Broker. Check. check. So if you go under Google, you type FINRA broker check, that pops up. You can go through, you can put in the name, you can even look at the city or company, and they'll pop up. Because I'm sure there's people that may specialize, and you may not do this, that specialize in business financing, that really know how to help you invest in finance and do financial stuff from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. So, awesome. Well, thanks, Mr. Phil, for being here today. Well, we thank appreciate you for it. having me. We seem to be very patriotic today. I won't go back with our patriotic stuff. We'll, we'll let Mr. Mrs. India Quinn close us out again today. And again, Phil, I almost said Phil Zeman. Wow, we've got too many people with the same name on this. Oh my gosh. got to change it up. <laughs> Phil Spangler here with Primerica. Thanks for being on the show. Craig, Thank anything you. else? No, well, man, up? check out the website. We would like to see more people call us so we can get more ideas to help you all out. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll check you on the flip side. 10-4-10. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.